The Tangent Egg Podcast is aimed at a mature audience. It contains themes that are not appropriate for all listeners. It's important to note that we are not experts. We routinely have no idea what we're talking about and are just three idiots sitting around a table. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Tangentic Podcast. I'm Seth, and as always, I am joined by Swoosh and Jondo. Hi. Hello. And uh, first up, uh, we have purposely not told Swoosh about what this is, mostly because it's going to really piss him off. Yay. But then again, everything pisses me off. I'm like a crotchety old man trapped in a slightly less old body. (laughs) An extremely crotchety. Yeah. So, so when you get old enough to have that wizard beard and you're sitting on that rocking chair out the front of your house making sure kids ain't on your lawn oh I fully intend it. to be that person one day like sitting on like things like live in an apartment be even weirder just sitting on the balcony get off my lawn like sir you don't own this section I'll get a shoot gun <laughs> <laughs> anyway so uh, very recently we got all the uh, pricing and Specs and all that for Spider-Man remastered coming to PC. It's a hundred and ten dollars. I'm sorry, what? For the only version that is available. That is not like a super collector's version with crazy bells and whistles. That's just how much it costs. Did someone anger the developer? Why? I don't know. And it's That's... not just Steam. That's across all launches so that's on Epic that's fucking everywhere unless you've got a specific members discount like if you've got one for Humble you get 15% off whatever it is but you get the base DLC that it launched with so some costumes and some minor shit Uh, you get get a suit pack early access to a powerful spider drone and five skill points and some fucking backgrounds by the look of it that no, no, that's the uh, pre-order bonus. The things that look like little backgrounds, that's the actual DLC that came out for Spider-Man. So it's even more pointless. So there's two extra point. Like, the base game is... The the base thing is the game and those DLC packs. That other shit you just said, that's the pre-order bonus stuff. But the DLC ah, packs oh, they normally weren't... release that anyway. Yeah, the DLC packs weren't exactly expansive. They weren't worth a lot of money. Like, I can't see that being the reason why it's at 110 fucking bucks. More to the point, this game came out in 2018. It's, yeah, it's not a brand new game. It's an old game on digital re-release. What the fuck? That takes and the it, fucking piss. And it doesn't include the Miles Morales DLC or Expand Alone, whatever the fuck it is. It's just... That's, yeah, that's getting sold to us later. Whilst I yeah, love that they, game, it should have just been a DLC. But... For that pricing for a fucking four-year-old game, that should have included the whole fucking kit and caboodle, bells and whistles, the whole fucking thing. Not yeah. Oh, yeah. This. 110 that, bucks for a four-year-old game is fucking ridiculous. That is literally I, I'm being generous, and the most I think they could have sold that for was 80 bucks. Yeah. yeah because then it would have been like, everything. base game is 60 bucks, hmm. and we're saying the two expansion packs, whether you think they are or not, are worth 10 bucks a piece, so you get those two, 80 bucks. Which would be reasonable. Like, like that's you got, doable. Dude. You got fucking Horizon Zero Dawn for fucking seventy bucks, sixty nine, whatever yeah. the fuck it was, and that came with all the DLC and all the shit in it. And that came out about, like, right, right about the same time, I think. It was just what the like, uh, I same as um, fuck all the other ones. So the God of you War released on Steam that was eighty bucks. 
Uh, if I go on to Steam right now, Horizon is $75 mm. for the complete edition. Yeah, and the DLC right. section for that, up with the Banuke, is really good. Yeah, that's yeah, an entirely new area you can go and play with. As that isn't a fucking Spider-Man amazing game. DLC, Everything about just it. A, a pack of, I think it was just a pack of missions uh, for the DLC yeah. for Spider-Man. You didn't go anywhere else. You just went around the city mall. And um, God of War, $75. dollars that was also a really fucking good reasonable game. fucking really pricing. Reasonable mm. pricing for older games. Sure, they're getting a re-release and they're fucking new HD fucking versions of them, but they're older fucking games. There's newer versions yeah. out. Fucking drop them on PC at the same time for 110 bucks. They're gonna fucking release in the yeah. shop for 110. Why the fuck are they doing this? I, I, I don't know. Who makes Spider-Man again? It was um. Uh, I can't remember the studio, but Sony uh, Insomniac. Oh, okay. uh, Insomniac's I mean, a developer. Uh, Nix's software, is it? Maybe someone's been talking to the guys at Blizzard going, how do you squeeze more money out of people? You just charge <laughs> ridiculous prices and they fucking pay them. Because people will buy people I mean, I'm bitching here, but I'll freely admit I'm probably going to buy it. Oh, See, I'm going to end I mean. up fucking like, playing it. Yeah. That's the they've got us over a barrel. It's a good fucking game, and it's it's not worth a hundred and ten. But people will pay a hundred and ten. I'm gonna scour for the cheapest fucking price I can, but I'm gonna fucking play it. Yeah. Like, like I'll just stick a, with the PlayStation version. Yeah, well, you, you can get the the version of that the uh, the upgraded PS4 and PS5 version with the Miles Morales game is hundred and twenty five bucks, whatever it is. For the digital mm. version, yeah. So, what if this is 110? Does that mean when that comes out on fucking PC, we're going to get that for fucking 30 bucks? Because I fucking doubt it. It's going to be 50, most likely 60 bucks at least. If they uh, don't drop it again the for the hundred bucks, I'm assuming it's going to be 75 to 80. Yeah, like, it's a fun game, sure, but it's definitely not worth that price tag. Fuck. But that's just kind of what happened with the industry they digital um, like you guys remember the first start of digital releases and that kind of stuff where the prices weren't too bad for everyone outside of Australia somehow the Australia tax still affected us but now they're taking the piss where it's like oh we don't have to pay for like the whole distribution side of things anymore but we're still gonna charge you the same amount like no fuck you it's meant to be cheaper because you're, you're saving money on costs it's why, like, yeah. like I for they a, quite a while there, PC versions of games were cheaper by 10, 15, yeah. 20 bucks sometimes. Like, 110 game in $110 game in the shop, you might pick up for fucking 80 bucks or 70 bucks on Steam or wherever else. Yeah. Now, it's just going away. They have no additional cost, but they're jamming that fucking price up. Tell you what, though, yeah. for 110 bucks, it better be a good fucking port. If it is a shoddy port. Fuck. That's I like gonna get their asses ripped. Yeah, absolutely. Because God of War had a good launch, but Horizon didn't. Hmm. No. Yeah, Horizon hey, didn't have a great they, one. If they drop like Horizon Forbidden West for 110 bucks, I'd be happy. It's a fucking new game. 110 oh, yeah. bucks. That's money in the bank the right there. The game, that one. Fuck, I'm really hanging I'm for it when they eventually bring it to dinosaur. PC in three hmm. years fucking time. And still want to charge under yeah. that's pretty right? optimistic. Like, mm. yeah, I know. I think that's I'm the current real fucking uh, optimistic. thing they're working with. Mm. 
I think Sony's thing right now is something like a three-year wait time for first-party titles. But why? Because they really want you to buy their plastic box. Yeah, fair, but at the same time, like, to me, a a substantial amount of time between a a console release and a computer release is like a year. To me, that, that seems like a good point. You can still get some hype behind that. But when you get to a point where you have to go back and HD remake the game to get across the fucking mm. PC? No, you've waited too long. You've missed a chance. You don't get to charge like AAA rating. Fuck you. Not not even wait a year. Wait for that next major DLC content drop and then do your fucking PC mm. release with the content drop. Charge your full fucking price yeah. with it, but make it worthwhile. See, I'd love that. But I will guarantee you it'll probably never get less than a year because they always want to be able to hit at least one Christmas period. Yeah. yeah. But That's if you true. release they your game in January... always want to do that at least once. Like, you release your game in January, you're not going to get fucking game of the year. And by the following Christmas, no one's going to want that game. They've either played it or it's gone out of the fucking mind. You say that, but I'm pretty sure Elden Ring is going to top a lot of game of the years this year, and that came out in February. <laughs> Yes, but it wasn't there's January. a lot of fucking games that come out this fucking year mm. like, yeah, there are a few that, like quite a few of them have been fucking pushed back for the oh no we had COVID at home we need another year which some games fucking needed it and they didn't and others aren't yeah. doing it and they fucking should but yeah. Yeah. there's still plenty of games to come out like a February game oh, getting yeah. game of the year there's fucking plenty of shit to happen there might, that uh, might look, be enough to wake them the fuck up and go, oh shit, we can't just rely on it being near Christmas now. Or they, that's probably why they're pushing it back to next year going, oh fuck, we've already got competition. Jesus. What happened? I swear that happened last year when things were coming out. It's like, ah, we're just going to delay till next year. It's like, you just realized you're out of the running for game of the year and don't want to fucking take the hit. Like, that's all it is. I mean, sometimes I would agree with that. Sometimes not so much. Like, I definitely think a lot of the games that got pushed to the back half of this year slash early next year were just like, we're not fighting Elden Ring. That's a yeah. fight we're going to lose. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> look, I, look, I'm saying Elden Ring, like, every game that comes out in February is that big. That game is different. I will completely admit that. I'm, I'm cherry-picking my data. <laughs> it is essentially the jaws of the gaming world, because that's what happened with, um, was it Summer Blockbusters, apparently? Jaws made it so that Summer Blockbusters were the thing because people were just escaping the heat in like American summer ah we'll just go in here and watch this silly shark movie and then everyone loved it and now all the blockbusters come out during their summer so it changes the the weird timing for things and I'm waiting for that to happen again with gaming because it switches every so often Goes well, it's sort of hard to do that with gaming because gaming's indoors all year round which is like the mm. best fucking thing it's about it I never have to see the sun yeah, it's more that like the, there's different times of the year where you can release stuff. Like, not that it's been as big the like in recent times, but it used to be like you don't launch a game in October. Why? Because Call of Duty comes out in October, mm. and you don't fight Call of Duty. Yeah, but now, and Call that's of when Duty people started releasing. Yeah, that's what pushed people to start uh, launching in January and February. Because it was a close time to a Christmas period, but they didn't have to fight the pre-Christmas games. Yeah. And or now that, January, February is getting crowded. Or that that late minute drop right at the end of November, early December, like, oh my God, here's a yeah. Christmas present. Let, let them all buy it before the fucking reviews come out. 
<laughs> yeah, no fuck. Yeah. They're the sneaky ones. Like, I'm always wary of the ones that come out there. And it's like, you are dropping this so close to Christmas to try and get that hype train. And there's no way in hell there's going to be any decent reviews out for it. I don't trust you. Yeah. <laughs> then again, I don't trust most game companies now. It's a bit of a shame. <clears throat> yeah, there's really few that I, I would pretty auto buy anything from anymore. There's a few times um, where I, I go on like a game by game basis. If they do a good game, then chances are the next game that they put out I'm going to get just if they've done something yeah. solidly like perfectly well done um, but, but even that like Witcher 3 to Cyberpunk yeah yeah I, I would have said fucking uh, Mass Effect to Anthem <laughs> oh, oh Anthem, god yeah, Anthem well, there were plenty oh. other reasons why fucking Anthem got gutted and I remember fucking, we tried yeah, but I mean, like, Andromeda. who the fuck trusts Bioware anymore? Oh, that's yeah. it's a dead we, name straight out. There was a few of us who tried I mean, to play Anthem at one point, and holy shit, that game was not what they bad. promised at all. No, not even close. Although I still loved, all it had was good flying. Oh, oh yeah. Even then, they fucked that up. But my favorite thing was still the uh, what was it? The gameplay thing they did with real gamers, where it's like that is not how gamers talk. So someone else dubbed it over with proper gamers. I'm like, yes, this is what I want. Anyone who fucking does those trailers, I, the one I remember is from back when they did uh, what was it? Uh, that Ubisoft one in the city, division. Um, the division. Mm. Yeah, that. And they oh, had hey, all the they Johnny's had the group of people over. being like, "Fuck you, Johnny." <laughs> uh, they had like leapfrogging yeah, no. through cars and shit and covering each other and all this it's like no that's no that's, no one plays that game like that it's run down the middle fire gun I guarantee yeah. you if it was the three of us doing that it's like oh the swoosh is coming in fuck you buddy and then suddenly I'm being shot at in the knees yeah like that's how we function <laughs> hard as a throw, unit. Hard we're not now throw a turret at him ah great ah. we all I know can... where he's gonna spawn set up the landmines yeah. <laughs> I reckon I can I... ping this flashbang off his helmet and get it around the corner <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's how most gamers function we we aren't cooperative in that sense uh, no, unless we're getting I, the shit kicked out of us then we pay attention no, you're a dick to everyone including like, your mates until someone picks on your mate and then it's fuck you well, especially your mates yeah, yeah it's, that's it's the whole only point you're allowed to be mean to your mates other people can't no. someone else gets in that and you are the most well-oiled tactical like fucking marines wish they were as good as gamers oh, who yeah. are fighting back against someone who's <laughs> fucking with their mates oh. like, I used to play a lot of Overwatch and sometimes I really do miss the banter because I was it was like a three-man stack of me and two other mates and well one of these mates is like me he's a loud mouth who will happily sit there and rip onto people and, and just be a dick the other one will snipe people so he'll just sit there and wait and then wait for that perfect moment and then boom there goes their self-confidence it's like oh fuck that was devastating well fucking done that was amazing he's quit the game excellent but, oh. bantering games I do do miss that I need to get a working computer again <laughs> uh one day soon one day. with any luck <laughs> so right. find moving on cell. moving on uh I think we we, we found out uh, I mean, we found out this week. I don't know if it, how long it's been a thing. Probably a good long while since, you know, we're finding out. Um, <laughs> we are a bit slow. <laughs> well, uh, relating to, like, last week we talked about all China shit with, like, porn bands and all this kind of stuff and their new brainwave reading helmet. 
we found out that apparently people have been getting around that porn filter by setting their Steam backgrounds to shit. Yeah. And apparently it doesn't flag. Yeah, no, it's like, well done for finding the floor in that little system. Right. There was a, a thing wondering why this particular bit of software sold so quickly on Steam. And then they did some digging and yeah. people just, they're acquiring USBs of porn and then setting that as a background filter. So it filters every few seconds. It's like, that's a way around it, I guess. Like, there's a black market yeah. in I USB porn. <laughs> Who would have like, thought there'd be a black market for porn in China at this point? Let's just... Why? After all the bootleg DVDs and everything else, now they're smuggling in USBs of porn. Like, good luck to them. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like I'm waiting for the market stall. The, the, Nerd the, would still... Oh, yes. The little market stall market on the, on the side USBs. of the street as he walking past. Ah, oh, mister, mister. Here's your USB. Oh, no, no, it'll be... Um, like basically, I reckon that if they ever shut down the internet, it'll continue on in the spirit because a bunch of nerds get together and train carrier pigeons with USBs to take shit around. <laughs> Re- revert back to playing Sim, like, you know, Civilization with someone by putting in, like, a, an email. And says, ah, yes, your move. Send off on a carrier pigeon over to, like, you know, the States or something. It comes when back, the internet like, is ah, gone oh, and all fine. we have is meta. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> All hail the Zuck. Yes. So, <laughs> I think the only other notable bit of news we've got this week was uh, the company. Oh fuck! I had the article up. Where did it go? <laughs> they do like. God damn hype. it! The second you need. Why did I close the goddamn article after I found it? Um, the the so I think it's Wizards of the Coast owns D and D, don't they? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, so what's he uh, commissioned a poster to be made for the new D&D movie, Honor Among Thieves. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they accidentally went and used a bunch of, a uh, piece of artwork from Pathfinder, not from Watsy's owned product. I just find it funny that the movie's called Honor Among Thieves and they've technically stolen content. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that poster has been pulled by Watsy. Yeah. Um... Uh. God. So you can't even you, like that's not that's no longer an official poster. <laughs> oh, <laughs> With it's a little bit of stolen but artwork. The value of those posters, like there is a market trade for fucking movie posters, and for some that get pulled or that aren't viable for certain areas, yeah, they're fucking worth a bit. So if anyone manages to jag one of those in a few years' time, if the movie is an absolute fucking dog shit, might be worth something. I will be very yeah. disappointed if they don't at least have a few of the stupid tropes from D&D. Like, I want one character to die horribly and then for them to meet his, like, twin brother in the next tavern and just join the team with no explanation. Just, or, like, the first oh, quest giver, like, they straight out murder hobo, just stab and yeah. just, where's my XP? Why? Why, no. why would you do that? It's like, I don't know, I wanted to do the thing. He, he was shady. He was sitting in a corner wearing a full cloak in a tavern. He was clearly evil. <laughs> he, he looked like he had things in his pockets. I wanted the things. That, that's even it. Better, like, what, they have a meeting with the king or something. He just walks up and stabs the Grand Vizier. Like, why? 
Like, oh, he's he's clearly evil. Look at him. He's got a little twirly mustache. He's, you know, wearing purple. He's clearly an, an evil right. person. It It's Hollywood, so of course, there's dragons in the title. are going to have to face a dragon at some point. If whoever the bard doesn't try and shag the dragon, are they even doing yeah. a fucking D&D movie? I just realized what I want. I want Sean Bean to be in the in this movie playing the character that dies and keeps getting a, like another character. Like the murder in. hobo. <laughs> <laughs> just just the idea of like he like oh this is my character Larry. Larry dies. Oh this is uh, Larry's twin brother Barry. He's off to avenge <laughs> his brother. Like oh fuck he's he's also gone. Ah uh, just Gary. More and more. <laughs> this is Gary. Uh, Eventually he does one that's just Sean Bean in a wig. This is Sally. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to lie, I would pay good money to see that. That that would Look, make the would, movie worthwhile watching. Oh, it could be so a the bomb problem and I'd is, watch it forever. All these movies try and tell a D&D story like D&D is real. Yeah. yeah. Whereas almost every D&D fan wants you to embrace the tropes, which yes. basically means you need to get the story being told with all your actors to just be some dumb story, a bunch of meta-level stuff... It's just a bunch of fucking idiots around a dining room table. Yeah. Or well, even more fun, I mean, you have them just ignore the main plot only for it to show up later and fuck with them. I was like, what have you, what have you guys been doing the last three months? Ah, we opened a bed and breakfast. And, you know, we killed some goblins, cleared out the cave, renovated it, looked quite nice. Thought, you know, bed and breakfast, we'll be fine. That, uh, is this your way of getting grumpy at this for making Burning Alpha thing? No, I am like so happy about Burning Elf. Like in no other way. We spent what was it like three, four sessions? These are like four hour, five hour long sessions, mind you. Planning a festival in game. All just to piss off the elves for shits and giggles. It was No great. plot significance, nothing. We just did it for funsies. You did birth a god out of it, so that was fun. But yeah, actually, no. That was good. One thing in this D and D movie that must exist—they just have to kidnap a goblin or a kobold that just is their friend now. Like yes, slaughter just... a bunch of goblins. Like you, you're our friend now. I was like, could I not? No, you, you are with the paladin now. Paladin <laughs> you don't is your have friend. a choice. But they need at least one scene where all the actors that are playing these characters, <laughs> like it cuts to them sitting around the table, and it's like, where's the Mountain Dew? Like, just one of them fucks off to get a snack when they're meant to do something important in the game like they yeah. need some sort of reference to it being a TTRPG they need but that they won't. in there no yeah. they won't they'll they play won't. it as it's a fucking sword and sorcery fucking Game no, of Thrones need, movie uh, do you remember the old D&D uh, TV show the cartoon <laughs> yeah. the kids who just get <laughs> fucking thrown into it and the first thing <laughs> they fight is Tiamat um, but no, I want that kind of thing. Like a bunch of nerds hanging around a table. Suddenly they're thrown in Jumanji style into a D&D game. Just to watch these guys flounder. Like, oh God, what do we what do? We do? How do I do with the magic missiles? Look, man, we've discussed it many times. And I'm still absolutely on board with it. It needs to be the Muppets playing D&D. And then yes. actors as the characters. But they're voiced by the Muppets. Oh, I would love that so much. Can, I, only if The Rock is voiced by Kermit the Frog. That would be amazing. I mean, I think they already... See, I don't really want that because they already did the nerdy guy is the rock in the Jumanji movie. That is true. What about Terry Crews? He hasn't had his nerdy guy like thing yet. Yeah, but I want Terry Crews to be played by Animal. Actually, yeah, no, that would be amazing. Animal as a bard. An orc bard <laughs> playing the drums. That would be amazing uh, be in fucking so many ways. Mint. 
I'd I'd like this movie if they had like a a, a complete TP like total player kill. All they're trying Ooh. to do is cross a stream. They just get washed yeah. away, heavy armor, <laughs> gone over a cliff, and then they all <laughs> pop back. Like, oh no, okay, we're gonna do that again. That didn't happen. Retcon. Oh shit. But like, you have some of the dumbest deaths in D&D possible. Like, fuck, I had a guy die pl- like, when he went fishing. Like, it was that <laughs> fucking bad. And it was literally one of the greatest things of role-playing I've seen from a different player, the one who didn't die. <coughs> so the context of this is this character who died got separated from the group and ended up falling down some rapids and got banged up. He had one hit point left, but he'd washed up on a beach. So, alright, that's fine, I've still got all my gear. I'm going to take my gear off so I'm unarmored so it can dry out. And I'm going to start a fire, and I'll go fishing, that's fine. When he got separated from them, the rest of the team were fighting this thing that could steal people's voices to try and lure them away. And they chased it off, they hadn't killed it. So, oh, okay, we'll have to keep going, we'll walk around and see what we can do. So they've gone to try and find this guy, whose voice, you know, coincidentally is being used by this creature to lure them. And they're not far off and he's gone you know what my character's probably hungry he's gonna go fishing and instead of wrapping the wire around a twig or anything because he just had fishing line he didn't have anything else he didn't have a rod he wrapped it around his hand his unarmored hand and then went fishing and he rolled a natural 20 and I didn't want to be a dick so I'm like alright fine I'll pull up the stats for a, like just a barramundi a, a decent fish like a river fish and roll your strength to river it in he rolled a 1 the fish rolled much higher than he did. So he got pulled in. And because it did one hit point of damage, and he was already on one hit point, he was reduced to zero. Meaning that he passes out. So his character passed out and was pulled underwater. So if you bugger it, con save, you know, you've just gone into cold water. Natural one again. Just, the dice wanted this character to die. And eventually it got to a point where through me not really wanting him to die to a fish, giving him so many chances and him yelling out for, for help, where one of the players heard him and the rest of the team's like, oh, such and such is in trouble. It's like, he's like, no, no, wait, that's that fucking thing again. We must be extremely cautious and move at half speed. <laughs> and they let him drown. Uh, it's one of my favourite player deaths simply because I have a god who collects dumb player deaths and that was the first one that he's like no that's mine now I collect this soul uh, like you I need that kind of levels it. of stupid I, know, I had a I was playing a ranger in a Dragons of Icepire Pete campaign and believe it or not you face a fucking dragon like pretty early on in it and you meant to shoot at it and then it fucks off but my ranger before looking at the dragon, there was a big splash of mud, which apparently got in the eyes because I rolled nothing but ones and Ooh. very low rolls to spot this dragon landing. So I bumped into the legs of it and was promptly killed. Gone. Yeah. Just could not fucking save myself for the one character's meant to be able to fucking see shit everywhere. No, no, couldn't see shit <laughs> in front of me. Died. Like, you gotta have dumb shit in a DD game. If you don't yeah. lose a character to something fucking stupid. What Very few deaths in D&D are the dramatic, you know, sacrifice themselves to save someone oh, yeah. thing. So many characters die in bar fights because the bard or the fucking barbarian get distracted and cause a I fight. Mean, that or the player doesn't really understand how dangerous dice are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had a, a newbie player in a game and they'd gone down in this big dungeon and they'd gone down this big flight of stairs and they're down at the bottom 
and they beat the guy up and all this kind of crap. They needed to leave. And one of their allies took a, a cover off an area above them and could see them down below. So he lets a rope down. Mm. Um, it's something like 500 foot of rope. <laughs> and since we're in a non-combat uh, situation, uh, I'm, I'm generally pretty nice in those situations. If you've got a skill check and you have zero time pressure, I, I use... I don't know if it's still current in D&D, but I know it was in one of the rule books I read somewhere, which is the idea of taking a 20. Yeah, I still If you're that. in a non-time press situation, you can essentially just assume you succeed. Just do the thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's the idea that, like, if you're picking a lock, you just take as long as it takes to pick the lock. So the idea is these guys are like, all right, we're going to climb this rope up, but we're just going to take a 20. We're going to take our time, we'll do it, and we'll just pass it. One of the players had a negative on his climb check, so he's not capable of taking a 20. He has to roll the dice. Yeah. He gets 250 feet up before he fails. <laughs> and then he starts to fall. That's a lot and of I'm like, okay, damage. You're gonna you're gonna need to 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 do a check to see if you can grab the rope and save yourself from dying. He's like, okay, so that's a dex check. Go ahead. He passes the dex check, but it's like, okay, cool. Now you need to actually do a strength check to not just like whip junk your shoulder out and fall to your death still. Immediately fails it. Yeah. <laughs> just like, bro, there was a flight of stairs. There was literally no reason for you to be rolling dice right now. The party just wanted to take the fast way out. That's it. There was no monsters. You killed them all on the way in. You could have just walked out of the dungeon. But you rolled the dice. The minute you roll the dice, you can fail. Yeah. Do not tempt the dice, because they will happily take everything. The, the dice are evil, and any opportunity where it can be a, a slight slip to kill you, they will take it. Oh no, what we yeah. need in this new movie is at least one scene of the players, if they get shown... Showing the superstitions of like D and D players, like, <laughs> I some of the, like D and D players are some of the most intelligent people I know. In no way do they adhere to any kind of superstition until it comes to dice. Like, yeah. there's a reason you can buy dice jails. Like, you can buy a thing to put your dice in when they've been bad. Uh, some people also, what was uh, the link you sent the other day? Just like how to train your dice, stare at them. Instill them the, to go I, to the twenties. Put them all in the highest number and watch them. <laughs> yeah, I remember there was a, a guy we knew in uni who, when he had a dice and he decided it was bad, he would get all the other dice in a semicircle. Hmm. He would put the bad dice in the middle, then get a hammer out and smash it, yeah. so all the other dice knew what the fuck would happen if they rolled bad. <laughs> yeah, it's an educational experience. Like dice need to learn these things. They just don't fucking learn. Also, <laughs> they I swear, don't like, care. And the weird thing is, I don't prescribe to half of this, but I swear to God, my dice have a personality which is just, we don't like you. And then they will just make my players win everything. The amount of 20s no. I end up rolling. No, no. It's it's only if it's something that we really shouldn't be doing. Yes. If, if it's, it's like, non we sit down at, We sit down at a bar and try to order dinner, it's ones across the board, we're fucked. It's always the worst. Mm. On the other hand... Oh, sorry, to be like 20s against us and we get overcharged or something like that. Oh, we're dealing with a god and we really shouldn't be talking smack? Oh, no, we're going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. Like, one of the best cases of that was a uh, a player I had who was... He didn't follow any one alignment god. He's like, I don't want a god, it's fine. And through the... Per like, 
whole process of the campaign, they kept coming into contact with gods because they were on a holy mission. They had to do stuff to stop the world ending. And every time they were like, oh, you know, join me. You're unaligned. You could follow me. I'll give you these good bonuses. And every time he said no. And I don't think he realized just how much that pisses off gods in any circumstance. It was like, I can't force you to follow me, but by God, you will. So they just became more and more intrigued with him and kept giving him like potential favors and things. It's like, nah, I'm good. I think I'll just keep going. It's like, Adibet! It was just, no. That's how players think, and I, I do like that at times, but it's also how dice go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Uh, one of the things I always remember was uh, never bribe the GM because your dice will betray you. But yeah. Do feed him. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> do feed the GM. It's, it started the tradition of like you hand around the snacks, but the last time like, it always goes to the DM at the end so they can take their lion's share of snacks. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, uh, Again, dumb superstitions DM. from D&D. <laughs> a non-hungry DM is a fucking nicer game than a fucking hungry, cranky one. Oh, a hangry DM is never a good thing. That's when the Taras comes no. out of fucking nowhere. That's when the... Alright, I want this game over so I can go eat something. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> roll safe versus mountain. I survive! Okay, roll safe versus house. <laughs> <laughs> I survived the mountain. Roll safe versus pebble. Oh, fuck. <laughs> you have taken one damage and fallen unconscious. Like, the other thing is, I have so many games that I would love to run, and eventually I will get to a point of running them and trying to stream them. But there's one of them which is essentially the same game, but from different aspects. It's a Star Wars campaign, which is just people on the run. Because you can just have, like, uh, runaway clones, uh, or runaway Empire conscripts, because that would just be hilariously fun. And the other one being runaway droids. You have a bunch of, like, pretty rare droids. And you don't want to be reset and sold. Run the fuck away. But I just want to throw that at certain people that I know just to see what happens. Like, that kind of weird... Yeah, I'm currently running the game I've wanted to run for ages, and it's not going the way I thought it would. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's my B. Uh, I don't Like, I'm running this to do game it. called Nemesis. It's supposed to be a space horror game. And I've been trying to kind of run it that way. They did a couple of things on a space station with some gangs, and then they run a prison that's run by a body horror power system. The power and source was. Then there were, yes, it was. And then they they got sent on this mission to go murder a guy. And the game session started with setting foot on the planet. How do we murder this guy? By the end of the session, it was how do we boost a train full of donuts? To be fair, <laughs> there was a logical progression. It's just really, really weird logic. I mean, it's mostly just you murdering fucking donut shop staff. That wasn't me. That was another player I left unsupervised for about five minutes while I cleaned up his previous murder. Like, I was looking yeah, cleaning up the murder another... he did, and then he murdered another person. And then he went to a different donut shop and did it again. Well, we had to keep planning come into it. Like, was the, was the donut shop a planned thing? No, or is it just no, like, so oh fuck, I need a filler, want, uh, so donuts, and it just fucking in, escalated. I've Where set up in this back? setting that there's this, there's this company called Galaxy Donuts. They're fucking everywhere, they're basically the Starbucks of this setting. And they wanted somewhere on this planet that they could go and do some planning. So they're just like, we'll go to a Galaxy Donuts. 
okay, sure. They they went in and uh, a gang member of the city uh, clocked them in the donut shop. And he's gone in and then they've tried to talk to him and he's decided he'll run. And one of the other players is just like, all right, I'm going to anti-grab a table through him. So that was <laughs> their first murder. And then while Swisher was cleaning up that murder, he went, oh, wait, the cashier saw me murder that guy. Well, i got to kill the cashier now. So he psychically <laughs> choked him to death with donuts. By force-feeding him donuts until he died. Yeah. So um, I, my character had literally... Just, and death. By cleaning up a murder, all I mean was he was dumping him into a back alley dumpster. That was it. Uh, which wasn't suspicious at all. And he comes and back and they, finds another dead body. <laughs> and then they robbed the donut shop... And then they left. And they were like, well, we still haven't actually done that planning we were going to do, so we'll just go find another donut shop. So they went to the donut shop, and then they started doing their planning, and then they realized that there was a witness. So the dude decided to anti-grab that guy through the cashier of this donut shop. You know, two murders in one go instead of one and then another one later. It's the perfect murder. Uh, right. There's no yeah, weapon. He beat a motherfucker with another motherfucker. It works. Exactly. So, and then they robbed this donut shop and then realized that the donuts in this shop are worth more than the donuts in the shop they were just in. Because they and were And then different. they decided... No. I think the, the original ones were just plain donuts and then these ones were vanilla donuts, so they were yeah. worth a little bit more. And then they've decided that there's a donut economy and that they need to boost the train of donuts so they can get the most valuable donuts and... From there, the plan gets a little hazy because, if I recall, it's something along the lines of take the most valuable donuts, give them to the, uh, the random people in the wasteland so that they can assault a corporate compound in the mountains. Yeah, we just. Need I'm not a, sure how they're going to get from the donut train to that, but that's what they want to do. Like hey. All we need is a distraction. If we slow wave of wave of donut crazed like, wastelanders at the front gate, sugar distracts that one exactly. <laughs> and you know, these guys live in the wasteland. They're used to eating bugs and that kind of stuff, like the frigid wastelands. Fucking donuts! I'd be keen for that. But yeah, it shifted from a murder plot to the economics of donuts. Well, either that, or we have to find the mythical chocolate donut store, the one that has like this chocolate donut with like the fancy sprinkles the most coveted of donuts and then rob that one so that we can get a decent chunk of money and then run off well is it chocolate coated or jam filled like that's what we're trying to figure out like it's a it's a it's a cold icy like hothish kind of planet so we're, we're assuming some kind of chocolatey thing well like chocolatey a, thing like but that's just icing on top like you can eat them cold but a nice hot jam filled donut on a cold day that's, yeah, that's pretty point. fucking worth it. Unfortunately, the only issue is we're, we're half expecting that we're going to find the like upper class donut place that'll have guards or something. It's like, God damn it, they've tried to rob this one before! <laughs> donut guards. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> look, the, the session ended God with them does. going to their third donut shop and scoping it out for the purpose of robbing that one. And yeah. that one's got... I think it was berry donuts. Yes. Um... We, and we it should, had a few more people around, so they were like, hmm, we're going to have to think about how to do this one. We should probably mention that the uh, the first... Like, our characters essentially ran away from military service after stealing their gear. Um, and their first job was to go to a space station and retrieve six warm bodies to send down to this planet to be in the military. Just conscript a bunch of uh, bail jumpers, essentially. And we've turned up, and some guys bought all the contracts. So we went to have a chat with him, and he's being a dick. 
So we decided, fuck it, well, he's causing us issues. We're just going to remove him from the equation. And may have started a, a gang war. Uh, and ripped the side of a building off. So that Adam, was fun. Adam, you're skipping over the best bit where your NPC, when you told him that there was potentially gators below him, oh, yes. immediately pulled out his flashlight and nearly blew your cover. He's, well, he's like, an idiot. He's an absolute idiot, but he's really competent in specific things. And he's really good at those. And it keeps lulling us into a false sense of security that we can trust him to be alone or to do things. And every time it's like, all right, so we're gonna, we have to sneak in. It's like, ah, oh, what, what do you mean? Like, well, pretend they're gators and we have to get past them because he's from the south. He's like, oh, gators gets a flashlight out and starts trying to blind them because that's how he deals with gators. It's like, <laughs> I walked into that one. I should, should have seen this coming, but didn't. Every fucking time. And... I always, always fall for it. I don't know why. That's <laughs> so good. I don't even have to try. Yeah. Just Swish serves me up how to fuck him over with this character every time. Yeah. Nice every- a dumb NPC. They'll both get you. Oh, yeah. It's great. <laughs> I still, I find it hilarious because it's always fun. I mean, it always livens the game up, but, uh, no, it's just, I don't know how, I, I, I don't know how I keep thinking that character is competent. I don't either. I make it very clear that a fucking slightly sharp hammer is probably more on point than he is. Yeah, pretty much. Give give him a sign he has to wear around his neck and do not trust me. (laughs) I'm really tempted. I'm the one who has to service all their gear. I might just start painting that on his fucking thing. (laughs) Engrave it in because paint wears off. (laughs) Do not trust to be left alone. Do not leave unsupervised is why I need to put on his armor. <laughs> that being said, I kind of feel like all of your characters, could, well, except maybe Craig's, could would definitely warrant a don't trust alone sign. Well, we just can't leave him alone because he can't talk. Yeah, he played a mute character. <laughs> Which is great because he has to communicate with us through uh, like a heads-up display by just texting. And then it was taken away from us during the prison sequence. Um, and he's trying to mime things to us. It's like, what do you think he's saying? And that just became <laughs> a thing. <laughs> so now even if he sends us things, it's like, I think what he's saying is this. And just go as far left field as we can. Dude, Dude fucking fun. skipping over the bit that in the prison, you found one guy whose entire role was to get punched in the face so he'd bleed so that... He, that Craig's character could use his blood to write. Oh yeah, Inky. I I miss Inky. He was good fun. But that'd actually be entertaining. Like uh, a D and D a D and D game set in like a, the Last of Us or that fucking show where you couldn't make noise and everyone has mm. to play charades to fucking get across. I could what see they that as a really do. good one shot. Like I had a few mates. They I uh, ran or was in a party. D&D thing with uh, Drinking and Dragons we did it here in Brisbane I think they're still going I haven't been in a while but they did a game which was a zombie survival game based on you like basically what they would do for the character creation is sit down with everyone and the person who was being created had to leave the room and then everyone else would earnestly try and build them in D&D stats and then they come back going right what do you think of this like that makes sense or they can veto specific things if they're just being dicks and that kind of thing and then it's, they have to start in the room they're in 
and zombie like basically interrupting a D&D game zombies have now started attacking what do you do and yeah apparently it unveiled some uh, very disturbing things of what they would do if <laughs> if left because they're like oh we'll save this woman and her baby this is fine and they brought them up and are hiding behind their barricade and everything and then they saw across in a different like high rise a baby started crying and all the fucking like zombies swarmed it and killed everyone inside it's like fuck what do we do what do we do and like the mother and the child are sleeping in the next room it's like uh how how what what do we do we get rid of them do we tell them to leave whilst they're having that debate one of them is slipping the dm little little notes essentially just saying that i go into the next room and i smother the the wife and and kid it's like what the hell (laughs) (laughs) he comes back out like guys i fixed it sits back down as if nothing happens like what do you mean you fixed it like oh they're dead Ah! <laughs> uh, like that kind of thing I would really be keen to play with certain people just to see what would do and it lets you test out zombie invasion plans why not I uh, I played a, a game a while ago with some blokes and the whole point was uh, everyone the start of the game everyone's been bitten by a, a zombie or some inf- no is a Lycanthropy. So at the end of it, you'd oh, yeah. end up being a fucking werewolf. Yeah. But your life counter was a candle burning in front of you. And as that burned down, you became more and more of a werewolf. So you had to try and either, if you wanted to get away or get somewhere where you know when you turn, you're going to be able to get a feed. And so it was like, all right, you're at the table. You've been infected. You've got 20 minutes to go through this because you get little fucking tea light candles. And so the entire game, each person's turn takes 20 minutes. So you tell the story of what you want to fucking do in that 20 minutes. Because when your candle goes out, you're no longer you. You're a fucking werewolf and you're just tearing shit up. And it was quite entertaining what some people would come up with. Some would find the most crowded spot they could to fucking turn to wreak havoc. And other people would rack off as far as they could and then, yeah, go from there. Just an interesting concept for it. I love that as a visual mechanic because, like, you can just go like you've got twenty minutes and put a timer in front of someone. Mm. Yeah, but there's something more, so much more visceral about a candle burning down. Yeah, yeah. I love so that. Like, like sitting there and like, particularly if you're playing in the dark, like you're in mm. a dark room and all you've got oh, you is like the, the lights around you, and like you sit there right. And now I'm gonna go. You're no longer you. Your yeah. story's done. <laughs> Next person. Ooh. I like that. We may have to do this yeah. at some point as a stream. Jesus Christ. Ooh, yeah, I love it. I'm keen. But I love the way how creative some people get mm. running just fucking role-playing games. Yeah. Something like, as silly as that is we're just going to do a story thing and, and be creative. And then it's like, well, here's a little mechanic that makes it have this little bit of, like, tactile fun to it. That's yeah. so fucking cool. Yeah, I like that kind that- of stuff a whole different concept of looking at it because people go oh tea light candle it's like you burn shit like incense or oils or whatever the fuck it is but actually having like a little thing like that as a mechanic I fucking loved um yeah or uh, another game was actually I've seen someone watching on a stream they had a a little uh, chest with like fake coins and crap in it mm. and in uh, instead of dice rolls they were given like god coins if you wanted to do something you had to spend your coins and when you were out of coins you were a a dumb mute pretty much you were just a tag along 
and you could only get coins by doing heroic things and pleasing the mm. gods and they would refill mm. your fucking tokens so your parents had to keep doing like spending your coins to do heroic things and hoping they were good enough to get more coins to be able to spend more to be able to do more That's and if you do something or um, one character of it they were giving their coins to beggars to like say oh mm. fuck you're out of luck here have a go and they ended up giving away all of their coins and so they pretty much cut off but then uh, there was a, a god of mercy so like they gave away all of their coins to help others that are completely selfless so they received coins like they received a coin for every coin they gave away so then mm. it wasn't actually ca- costing them anything to show mercy and it was like a whole mechanic of it that. it's like oh fuck that's a quick way to like change a whole world of instead of dice rolls just use a completely different mechanic for it mm. see I particularly like these because they um, they emphasize storytelling mm. yeah and it's one of the things I found with a lot of new players is they have a real trouble with the essentially group creative writing that is playing a tabletop RPG for a long time yeah um Man, I, I love these as ideas because there would be really good ways that I could see to try and get players over some of those humps. Like, yeah. we're going to play this really, like, one-shot game. We're just playing it tonight, but it's all about that creative storytelling, and that'll help you get that sort of improv vibe going. Or thinking outside the box, like, oh, I've only got these so many coins, which means I need to do something that's generally worth more than a coin so I come out a little ahead yeah um, which gets you thinking about how to do things it gets people away from focusing on, on like these are my dice rolls these are my damage like it yeah. makes mm. them focus more on the, the world around like how can I interact with this world and make mm. that world work for me that's why I, I really I mean, it's like one of the things, uh, Savage World stuff like that recently oh, it's, God, yes. it's re- it opens up a lot more stuff for storytelling not just in the fact of you know the dice are different you're not worried about oh how many plus ones do I have blah 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 I'm doing math so I need to get above a four and I have a d6 roll and you do it that way but also the freedom you have to make whatever kind of fucking character you want it's like alright I want a character that shoots beams in the shape of unicorns out of their eyes like, alright there's a template for that Just the trapping is beams are shaped like unicorns well fucking done have fun and that's it that's all you need. I mean, the thing I think from Savage Worlds that really helps that creative stuff is the Benny system. Yes, the Bennies are very useful. You can use them for like re-rolls and to soak damage and all these other mechanical things, or you can spend them to essentially, within reason and usually with the approval of the GM, essentially affect the world. Mm. If there's something you need to be happening right now, you can ask the GM, hey man, if I spend a Benny, can I have this happen? And maybe they'll let you. Or they might let you make some kind of role that really you should not be, but they'll let you do it anyway. Yeah. It's it's such a good way to involve the players and not just have it be all on the GM to come up with everything. It was a really fun one where, um, before this game, Seth was running, uh, sorry, Seth was running a... Um, what was the one we were playing before the Victorian... Tour of Darkness, the Tour. spooky Vietnam. Oh, the one before that, sorry. That was the... Uh, oh, Rippers. Rippers, yeah. Where you're playing Victorian monster hunters who slap bits of monsters onto, onto yourself to keep fighting. It's good campaign setting. I love it. But I rolled two ones, which is essentially their version of a nat, of a nat fail. And I've wandered off into the house of some random ace hunter. This guy's been a hunter for like his entire life and is retired. And it's like okay where have you gone like alright I'm gonna spend a Benny to get lost in the hidden passageways of this building because guaranteed a hunter has at least a few secret tunnels hidden around his manor it's like 
Yeah, right. And just from there, my character went wandering in a very dangerous place. <laughs> it was a lot of fun because it like I'd built the house mostly to to be functional as a as a home base, hmm. and then this little bit of creativity from Swish made the whole setting more interesting outside of the scope I'd thought of. Simply because I was thinking of it as a mechanical space to move them on to the next thing, and then Swish gave it a little bit more zhuzh. And it wouldn't have happened in a normal game. Yeah. Because that comes down to, like, with most games, oh, I want to use the secret passages. There are none. They're not built in. But it's a, in this case, you can affect that, which just gives a lot more freedom for players and everything else, which is great. Uh, but even then, uh, some newbie players I will always pair with, uh, essentially, guides, noob herders. Mm-hmm. Because uh, the guards campaign that I recently wrapped up with Seth and a few others had two newbies and two experienced players, uh, primarily so they they could guide them through. And one of them just took to it like a duck to water, like oh, yeah. Despite everything that character went through, he, he still ended up being really terrifying good at it. For his first like role playing game, aces, good fun. Yeah, the fucking. Uh, was it the noble son dragonborn who paid way too much for a bed uh, and ended up as an ifrit then a fey and then still a necromancer it, it, it got weird yeah yeah it did that that whole campaign got real weird you turned the guy into ragu yeah we did they yeah the, we did they cooked a gang member delicious well, he tried he tried to kidnap uh, one of our guys so yeah. what else were we gonna do we turned him into Ragu and then delivered him to his boss. Oh, I should he also mention this uh, Dragonborn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, I should mention this Dragonborn. For someone who's never been in a role-playing game, had the greatest character concept I have heard in a long time, which was right. he was a Dragonborn. He was, a, he was a necromancer, but he was thrown out of the college, not for studying necromancy, but for writing a thesis. That thesis is technically because um, Dragonborn are... Uh, they can create, produce their own milk and they lay eggs are mammotrains. Therefore, they're closely like, more closely related to platypus than they are to dragons. And considering dragonborn were a ruling class because they claimed to be descended from dragons, that was a taboo. So he was removed <laughs> from his family. He was exiled from his family and just sent off to the watch. Because, like, where do we put him? I don't know, over there. No one's going to pay attention to him down there. And he slowly crawled his way up the ranks until eventually the thesis was, like, gaining traction again because he kept handing it out to everyone he met it was I hated it at the start but eventually it was like the best thing he talks to anyone who's at all intelligent he's like hey have a read of this yeah and it was it was amazing and helped topple down the upper classes at the end being platypus born would be pretty fucking awesome oh yeah no (laughs) you you get one toxic attack like every every month or something just fuck someone's day (laughs) oh platypus monk with poison touch oh that'd be mean I like that oh there's a character concept I have so many of them I make so many a day yeah your character walks into a town and people are normal like used to seeing a normal dragonborn and you walk in your duck bill with a beaver tail and fur and it's like what the fuck are you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had a, a newbie cl- a player playing like an orc, essentially, going into a, a town with a bunch of their friends. And they're all freaking out because there's a bunch of local orcs that raid their village every so often. <laughs> ah, the raiders are back. They're running off. Good fun. 
Well, we could rant and rave about D&D stuff for ages. Hell, we've barely even scratched the surface of the couple of games we've run recently. Yeah. <laughs> but we are getting toward the end of time, and I really do want to talk about Stray. Yes. Yes. I mean, uh, if you so, intend to play this game at any point, stop listening now. We are going to go through some like stuff for it. Yeah. Look, look. I'll, I'll put a second spoiler up when we're going to really deep dive the plot. Mm. If you just want to hear like our basic thoughts on it, keep listening. But like I said, I'll put up another. I'll tell you again when we're about to deep dive the story. Yeah. So the basic setup of Stray is you're a cat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're wandering around the outside of some kind of walled area with your cat buddies and you accidentally fall into the city and must find your way out and it's it's, it's you do a lot of cat stuff like the great thing is whoever like did the animations and everything for this has studied cats it has to be made by a group that really really yeah. love cats because just the basic movements are perfectly done and the dumb things like when you finally get the backpack and it's, the cat's is like, no, I don't like this. Uh, I love it because he he like crawls across the ground like it's super heavy. Yeah, it's, it, like it, absolutely. Oh, oh it's so fun. good. Like the biggest missed opportunity was make your own cat. Like I know it's based off yeah. someone's yeah. cat, but that is such a fucking missed opportunity. Like, yeah, they could have sold the game alone of build a cat. Here's your thing. Let people go off in the world. Fucking cat. Do whatever they it want with perfect. it. Like they would have absolutely sold, guarantee they would have sold millions of copies just on that. Mm. Yeah, I guarantee you. If I if that had been an option, I would have spent like an hour with just the character creator until I'd made my actual cat in the game. Yeah. Also, I, I maintain that because it's meant to be so long after humans are gone and everything, because everything's overgrown and post-apocalyptic. I maintain the cats are hyper intelligent because some of the fucking logic leaps you have to do for the cat to do stuff. Like, yeah, it's it like, just reminds me of a, a book series which was the Cinder Spires, where cats were an actual sentient species. Like, it's fucking love, everything. death, and robots. The cats in yeah. that. Mm. <laughs> Pretty much, like the whole thing. Like any normal cat that goes in, suddenly it's got a backpack and this thing is coming at it. It's going to chew the shit out of that little robot. That's it. Like that's yeah. end of game mm. for any actual cat. Like, but I myself, I'm not a cat person. Like, oh, there's a Me cat either. there. I okay. I I don't really care. I've enjoyed the game, but I'll play through it. I'll finish it, and then it'll probably get uninstalled and never really looked at again. Like, I I don't see it as having any replayability. I'm not going to go back and chase any achievements I've lost. Mm. It's fun while it lasts, but as soon as I'm over the hump with it that's pretty much it like there's no reason to build another cat and go again yeah for 30 bucks it's pretty interesting like it's definitely fun it only took me like a couple of days to play through casually so it's not a long game by any stretch of the imagination but I didn't hate any point of it like I enjoyed every moment of it it was good fun Uh, I also probably won't be going back to play it again because I played the content I've done it all but it kept me going, which was fun. I did things yeah. out of order, but at the same time, I still enjoyed the hell out of it. I, and I fully agree. I'm not going to play it through it again, but I thoroughly enjoyed what I did play. Like, I want more yeah, people I'm not to play this game. particularly concerned. And I mean, like you said, I think it, I think it might actually be like about 
30 something dollars. I can't Yeah, I think, I think it was, it was 37 30, bucks. 32 for like a launch special thing. It's it less than 40 bucks, yeah. is my point. So, even if it's short, even if it's like very focused on a particular vibe, it's not asking you an awful no, lot of you get 40 bucks worth of value out of it. Like the first, yeah, the first couple of hours of just the cat doing cat things is. You get the fucking forty dollars worth of value. Knocking out of shit that. off shelves. Yeah. I spent so long in every room just knocking shit off shelves. Like ah. Yep. Or like knocking over tables for shits and giggles. It's like I'm a cat. I'm going oh, to be. Oh, when an they asshole. have that section right at the start where there's the set of paint cans. Yes. Oh yeah. Knocking every fucking it, paint can over. You didn't have to. But it's like God. I'm not leaving a single paint can here. You're every off, video yeah. I've seen of people playing this and they get to that section, everyone hits every can. I've never seen anyone just like. No, I'm not going to knock a can off. Everyone's like, I'm an asshole cat. I'm an asshole cat. (laughs) I fucking love that they bother to animate an entire animation, and it really is the little, like, foot hat that cats do. (laughs) Like, this is the thing. Like, I've had a few people say that they would really love it if they had a different animal. Like, a lot of people say they'd much rather the game if it was a dog or something like that. I think the only problem with that it's clearly the people who made this game, they really love cats. Mm. Yeah. They spent a lot of time making sure this cat feels like a cat, does things like a cat. It really, really works. I don't know, and I'm not saying they couldn't, but I just don't know if they've got it in them to do a different animal. It's like they just I'm not sure totally dialed in on exactly this, this one thing. I think they could have done like the same story with the different animal I didn't have to be a cat oh no I no think, I think it the being story a cat could be something else of, like it cat being it a cat makes it easier in certain ways and they've specifically designed the game as mm. a cat to run through that's oh, all no. perfectly cool I completely but agree with I, you the story does not rely on it being a cat it could no, have done another animal they, they could have used any other animal and I'm not I'm not saying I would have enjoyed it more at being any other animal. It's just I had no care of it being a cat well, or a dog or mm. fucking I'd be more llama for like in a cat. this kind of exploration game though, because if they do more things oh, absolutely. like this one with dif- different creatures, different oh, yeah. cities, that kind of stuff, or different areas of an post-apocalyptic building world, worlds for those animals to run around yeah. in, like oh, to yeah. use the traits of those animals, that'd be a whole fucking new genre game that I would be thoroughly behind. Oh yeah, oh I'd enjoy. That'd be pretty cool. Because it's also a visually stunning game. Like it's it is. simple it is. stuff, but you're looking going on those little. Like, they have elevators, which are basically buckets on a wire for the cat. Which is a go. great idea. Like oh, that cat hanging out of with little paws up. It's like yeah, that thing's pretty <laughs> fucking cute. All right, it's a cool cat. It, it's, it's adorable. <laughs> but it's like you look down over certain sections with these little like mite things that are chewing on stuff, and it's you all mean the head work. crabs. Yeah, the head crabs. It's all <laughs> the goddamn head crabs. Like, based. <laughs> And it looks freaky as hell, but at the same time, like, so interesting. I like all of this. That was actually one of the things I really liked in that game. As you keep going higher, it keeps making sure you can still see where you started. Yeah. yeah. It's all one So you can one. always look down and see more of the city. It mm. never feels like, oh, it's so far and you can't look back at it. Like, you don't even know where you started. And I'm like, nope, there it is. There's the tree. There's the buildings. Yeah. I know that area. And when you get to the, like, the final points, when you can see the entire thing out in front of you, it's a really, really nice view. Mm. It's pretty good. 
Well, I think at this point we probably said everything we want to say about it without getting into the actually spoilery stuff. So this is the bit where, like, if you don't want the plot spoilers, you need to tap out. Otherwise, feel free to ride along with us. So, plot of the game. <laughs> Cat, Cat not with the family now. This is the sad thing. Fall down hole. Yeah. Um, so basically the whole game is you trying to get out of this city as the cat and shock horror you do pull it off Hmm. the rest of the story is essentially a lot of environmental storytelling and other characters having plots and things going on around them the only one you're you're kind of connected to is this little robot you get pretty early on that helps you talk to the big robots I don't know about you guys but the minute it fired up I was like that's a person yeah 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 as soon as there was like the dead robot on one side and there's a fucking pretty much a sarcophagus like we're gonna get a robot it's gonna be a person it won't be an AI and yeah. mm. it's just yeah shock horror it's a person if you didn't mm. know <laughs> but um, from there you're like just exploring trying to get away but that's when they introduced the weird face hugger crab majiggies yeah, the Why did they I have like to make them as head crabs? Like they could have literally been know. anything else, but they've they're they fucking head crabs straight out. No yeah. matter yeah, how yeah. They what really... way you look at them, they're head crabs with fat asses. That's it. They're, they're basically they're what would tips. happen if you did a if you did a caricature of a head crab. Yeah. If you made a head crab for a kitty cartoon. Yes. Pretty much. But That's I just it. like the way they actually explained what they are. They um oh, yeah. they're yeah. in a the, they made a, a, a an amoeba thing to eat trash and then dumped it down in the, the lower areas. And then over the thousands of years that humans have been gone, they've evolved into this thing. Like it, and it used to eat. It didn't used to eat metal. Yeah. No. And then eventually it started, and that's where all the robots are like, "Fuck." Yeah. We yeah. don't want to go anywhere near them. Oh, also, all the leftover helper bots. They they're good fun. I love the idea, like, the, when I was playing the game, I was absolutely 100% sure there were people. Mm. Like, I was I was the, waiting for the reveal that they're actually well, people. Yeah. And then it's like, nope, they, they really are just AIs that over time have gained sentience. Yeah, they've just been a lot Which I, I sort of like that, that more. Like, the yeah, humans yeah, so fucked off and the shit that was left behind is trying to become... Like yeah. humans didn't become... fuck off. Humans fucking died. Yeah, it was a plague. Well, they fucked off. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they're gone. <laughs> but uh... I mean, like, like if humans had left, I feel like that wouldn't have worked as well. The fact that they're literally like they're fucking dead. Mm. It's like, oh yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Why this weird sealed city is just full of these robots now. Yeah, and they're left alone and as I said over time they gain personalities I feel like if there'd been humans still around or they just left this dome it it feels less correct to mm. me because why would the humans not have come back there's lots of resources here there's no reason they wouldn't want to come back yeah the fact that they're dead and they cannot come back works so much better as to how these things were around for so long to okay. evolve yeah. themselves yeah. Like, I just find it interesting because um, there's so many of these robots that are trying to get out of the city. So it's like, they want to leave. They want to escape. Isn't the there sealed. only four? Four, yeah. Um, well, the outsiders, whatever they're called. And yeah. Like, yeah. several of them are dead. Yeah. yeah. And it's the whole thing is like, oh, we want to leave. And the second they're like, oh, we want to leave. It's like, oh, you are never leaving this place, are you? Dad. No. It's like, hopes so, and dreams, goodbye. No. Yeah. Oh, particularly the, the little robot that comes with you. It's just like, 
you know, we're going to get outside. I'm going to get you out of here. Mm. We're going to leave the city. No. And they follow the rule of three for it as well because you get through like three big barriers and every time it happens, someone gets left behind. Yeah. And it's like, after the first time it happens, like, that's going to be a thing now. You're going to make me like these characters and then have to leave them behind you, pricks. And then they do. (laughs) Over and over again. Yeah. Why did why did the robot thing not just tell the first guy? Oh yeah, you fell down a hole, fucking back there. Like, I don't there's a way out that way. Yeah, like that that would be intelligent. They could just yeah, I know. They could just build a ramp. Be fine. Yeah, yeah. It, it's very climbable. <laughs> like, it a cat can't get up because of steep walls, but I'm sure a fucking robot could build a fucking ladder. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. But the weird thing is, actually, I mean, they, when you first fall down that um, that wall, the sheer amount of bones you land on. Yeah. Because it's a moat around the sealed city, which means people yeah. were trying to get in. Yeah, they were. And it's fucked up. I, I took me a second to realize that I was playing through. Oh, wait, that's a lot of bone. Oh, God. I mean, the visual storytelling on offer in this game is fantastic. Oh, yeah. You, you really get the vibe, like, when you go through that first dead section that's just full of Zerk. Hmm. Like, you get the vibe that, like, no one goes here. This is fucking Ravenholm. There's, you don't go to this place. I just like the fact that you go to it, I think they could have added that, could have added a little bit more to it. Like, you start the game, you're a cat, so you get nine lives. And then they make those ah, little fucking cool. head crabs considerably more vicious. You've got nine lives to get through the fucking game. And as you go yeah. through it, you progress other fucking enemies and but if you can get through it in nine lives here's the whole fucking story good luck to you you get out but you've got nine lives to get out I think that would have been an ent- like an entertaining little thing that'd be a nice hard mode because I died a lot in that game not gonna yeah. lie I didn't <laughs> I think I died twice <laughs> I was a bit I a played a bit too fast game. and loose with the uh, the head crabs I, I got a bit too close at times oh yeah they are very one easy one to do like just yeah. serpentine run into zigzag you're fine <laughs> yeah the thing I actually found more dangerous with the um, the sentinels mm. because you know they're one shot you're done yeah. and then you're just like dodging them and you can see the laser blast hit next to you it's like fuck yeah that was fun <laughs> oh god oh god oh god why just running in circles yeah but the collectibles in it they could have changed instead of fucking like music note like music pages Sure, you're going to give him to a robot, but you could have, they could have just been something you found in the world and gave to him. Like, this cat's gone through this whole fucking thing and hasn't eaten once. Yeah. Like, yeah. where are the mice? There's cats, there's obviously mice or birds or fucking something. Like, give a little more cat eat. thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> well, I get the feeling the implication simply was that, like, there's life outside the city, inside mm-hmm. the city, it's robots or zerks. Yeah. That's it. You know, chop on for all the trash and shit that's around, there's gonna oh, be I, fucking. Oh, I know. Yeah, because you can sit there and you can drink from puddles and that kind of stuff. It's like, God, we just the cat needs so, food. The, did you see uh, in there? I think it's in one of the bars. There's like a, a bowl of food, and like the little robot says, "Do they really eat this?" And yeah. like, it's, it's just ramen. motherboards and like, yeah, like it's, it's like literally a bowl of ramen <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> instead of it's ramen. Amazing. <laughs> 
I fucking loved it. I sat there. Look at that. Go, God damn. I sat there and giggled like a child for a good ten minutes of that. I think like everything in it is just fun. It's yeah, creepy and interesting. It's a good time. Also, just the simple little things like when you're going through the dead city to find your little robot friend, you're being guided by signs like advertisings and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But if you also you have a dedicated meow button, that's a thing we should mention. Yeah, that is awesome. Um, but if you meow at one of the security cameras, they just nod really enthusiastically. Yeah, like, like yeah, woo! <laughs> and I sat there for the longest time, like meow, yeah, it nods. Like you get distracted. I mean, dumb yeah, shit. The, I mean that's a, that's the hint system when you yeah. meow. Things like lights will turn on, and but that and only works that opening pulse. section. Like I didn't notice are, that no, no. anywhere else. It does work in other places. There's plenty of other times where it wasn't sure where to go. I'd meow, and then a string of lights would turn on. I did okay. see that a couple of times, actually, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was like, often, it was like... I'm at the the midtown section, so I'm not mm. all the way through it yet. Yeah. But once I got through that, like, that fucking lower city, and then going through the fucking sewers, I'd... Well, the sewers are pretty much just run in that direction. Get through it. <laughs> Use yeah, your UV yeah. pimple popper to fucking clean these things out, and then go through the section. So you didn't really need a whole lot of guns. Satisfying though. Uh, oh, Midtown yeah. is probably where they stop giving you hints as much. Mm. I mean, mm. it's you. It's like if you think of the game as in quarters, you're in the third quarter. Yeah, yeah. I assumed as much. The second you get that so, pimple popper, though, like when you can finally fight back against these little bastards. Oh yeah, God, they're no longer a threat. Oh. It's like yeah. fuck you all. I saw so many reviews that fucking hated that. Why? They thought the being able to fight them was really bad. But I looked at it simply like again, this is this is our fucking uni experience rearing its ugly head. Hmm. I thought of it simply in the in the terms of, well, you have this creature that you have to run away from all the time. One of the easiest things you can do to help a player feel good is let them fight that. Hmm. Yeah. And you can still die to the Zerk even when you've got the UV pimple popper. Oh yeah. But you, you can fight back. And then right after the Zerk stop being a threat in the game, they take the, the UV light away from you so you don't keep trying to use it all the time. Yeah. Because you don't need it anymore. They just replace That's it with straight game design. It's yeah. add tension so that the lows get some highs, let the player feel powerful, and then remove an unnecessary tool. Yeah. <laughs> but reviewers fucking hated it. <laughs> I don't know why. Because to me, that just made sense. It was good fun. It, right. playing through it and well, as soon as we got through that like that sewer section I thought straight out we're going to lose this thing it's too fucking mm. useful we're yeah. either going to get yeah. absolutely nerfed and lose the robot or we're going to lose the pimple popper and mm. straight and out that's exactly what happen. fucking happened yeah. though yeah. I was expecting more of the big fucking eyeballs I, I was I was waiting yeah. for I was waiting for more fucking scene, of that, that was yeah cool. That, that was, was creepy. really creepy. Fun. Fucking Earth oh. was around that corner. Is like, uh, hello. <laughs> did you also just sit there and try and shine the light directly? In the I eye. did. Yeah, I really did. Yeah, like, same here. The pimple popper works on these things. Why did it not work on the eyeballs? You should have pop every fucking eyeball. Yeah. I sat there for a long time, uh, just shining this or, light directly in the pupil. Like, go down. Stop looking at me. Or have it so like those eyeballs, like as you progress through, they're like the next evolved stage of these fucking head crab yeah. things like and so they're now they're like a an eyeball spaghetti monster 
And so now the UV light for. now the UV light doesn't work on these, but they work on the fucking head crabs, so you still gotta keep it for a little bit. Mm. That's yeah, what I was, I was thinking, waiting for. Same. The big thing I was waiting for was like the minute I saw all the walls covered in ice, it's like, ah, so the mold thing's intelligent. When are we gonna talk to it? Yeah. yeah I also thought that. But no. But yeah. All in all, I I'd highly recommend it for everyone oh, to play. Yeah. Like, know, absolutely. Good. For, for an actual, like, fun. pretty decent fucking story to get people into a game, like, it is it is pretty on rails. There's a few things where you can go left or right or whatever, but it's all pretty much on rails. But it's a Actually, good fucking story. I rate it yeah. in the same way that I rate Journey and Abzu. They're gorgeous or games, a, and they don't, they're just non... Um, the storytelling doesn't involve any real... You know, talking or anything is half, half the but, time. Or do you ever play Thomas Was Alone? The little fucking oh, reptile yes, jumping game. game. Yes, like yeah. it. It reminded me very much of that. Like yes, you're you're pretty much just an item in this world, and this story is being told around you. I they put your personality it. into Tetris like blocks. It fucking oath. Yeah, like, oh. you actually gave a fuck oh. about these little blocks of color. Like, yeah, that's that's, that's fucking magic storytelling right there. And yeah. for me, not really giving a fuck about cats, like playing through this game is like, I actually like this cat. This cat is pretty cool. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's worth it right there. 100%. That's the glowing endorsement. Okay. Yeah. I, I, Dan likes the cat in this game. <laughs> this cat is an asshole. I like it. <laughs> not well, not that cat note. like uh, enjoys this game. <laughs> <laughs> Well, with that being said, I think we need to wrap things up. Yeah. Y'all have a good one. Let up. Cheers. See ya. <laughs>